Hey, Armchair listeners. If you like this podcast and you like the material that we're talking about and you would like to see us grow and continue with this podcast, we are going to be asking you a huge favor. When you have a moment, whatever platform you're on, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or something else, take a moment and go rate us. Give us a good rating. And while you're at it, when you're talking to your other coaching buddies, your other friends, your other football fans, please send them our way. We need more listeners. We need more of you guys. Thank you. On this episode of the Armchair Coaching Podcast, we're talking which college teams should be running the triple option. Welcome back to the Armchair Coaching Podcast. My name is Coach Sheffer. I am your host. Um, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. Today, uh, the last time I gave our coaches here a little bit of homework for a little bit of a thought of exper- a thought experiment today. And what we're going to be talking about today is um, current college football teams that should probably be running triple – we're going to say triple option – um, because to me, that is probably the most accepted old school offense out there. You know, it's probably not going to be accepted to run the wing T or um, a single wing type offense in college football nowadays. So triple option is probably the one that is going to be a little bit more accepted. Um, and it has shown some success at the college levels. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about we're going to go through each conference And we are going to pick one school that we think could benefit from running some kind of old school offense or some kind of contrarian offense, something a little bit different than what all the other teams are running. Um, And so I'm going to let my coaches introduce introduce themselves. I'm going to let Coach Steve introduce himself first today. Yeah, Coach, me back on here, Uh, Coach Steve. Um, I'm the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Addison Trail High School. It's a western suburb of Chicago. Um, On Twitter, I'm coach underscore Steve72. I do have my own podcast, uh, sideline podcast with Coach Steve. Um, Go check out all these other coaches' great stuff. And uh, let's talk about the triple option, I guess. (laughs) And uh, Coach Banstra. Uh, Coach, thanks for having me back on. Uh, my name is Nick Banstra. I am the special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach at uh, Fairborn High School just outside of uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, we are currently 1-0 after our big win against our rival Xenia last night. Um, I run a YouTube channel uh, that provides a bunch of coaching clinics for coaches across country. I released one today, uh, which would be Saturday, August 29th on a duo uh, with a coach down in Texas. Uh, my Twitter is also at Coach Banstra. Um, and also uh, make sure you check out more Coach Sheffer's podcast and Coach Steve's podcast. All right. Uh, before we go any further, if you are viewing this on YouTube, this is probably around the time that you are uh, clicking on another video because if you're anything like me, I watch videos maybe one minute at a time. So before you click off this video, do us a huge favor if you like the content that we've been talking please hit the subscribe button and the like button down below. And I will put uh, these coaches information down in the description box below. Also make sure if you want to hear all of our content, 
Uh, it is all on podcast form because that is the main, um, that's the main platform that we're trying to go for is the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pod, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. I'll put the links to all of those down below in the description as well. Um, so up until this point, I kind of mentioned um, we've been doing mostly we've been doing mostly program profiles of teams. We've doing one team at a time. Um, so today we kind of we kind of talked about this off air a couple times, um, and unfortunately we're miss, we're missing Coach Bennett today. Um, he had an issue; he couldn't make it. So our our chat down at the bottom on Zoom is not going to be as uh, explosive as it usually is. Um, but however, he did leave me a, his own list of teams, so I will go ahead and read off his list, even though he is not here. Um, couple of news pieces so unfortunately today I know this is not necessarily um, sports news but unfortunately today um, the actor Chadwick Boseman did die of um, I believe it was colon cancer Um, and I found out today that he had been diagnosed with this since 2016 Uh, I think pretty much almost everybody unless I'm under lived under a rock did not know about this um, which is very surprising because some of his movies are some of my favorites. One of my favorite sports movies of, of all time is uh, The Express. Do you guys remember that one? Have you seen that one? Yes. Um, that was an amazing movie. Um, I have not seen his Jackie Robinson movie, but I really need to. And then, of course, everybody knows Black Panther, um, one of the best Marvel movies out there. Um, so, you know, prayers go out to the family. Um I kind of wonder how are, how's Marvel going to handle this? How are they going to, are they going to cast a new black Panther or are they going to, I don't know what they're going to do. Cause I'm a big Marvel nerd too. So that's going to be uh, an interesting one. Uh, also big football news, big football news. The big 10 might actually be playing fall football, but it might not be until around Thanksgiving and there's a fact that it might not even be until like January 1st when they actually start playing. So it might not be false football, fall football, but it might be a little bit sooner than we actually thought. Um, Thanksgiving start would make things interesting. And I kind of want to talk about this before we start talking about triple option because we literally just recorded the other night an episode about Ohio state where we were saying they're not playing at all this season. Um, but I think I kind of left it open that there might be possibilities where they could play in the fall. Um, Now there's a possibility that the whole conference might be able to play around Thanksgiving. So from what I'm hearing, the playoff committee is not willing to budge on a time limit for when they announce the playoffs. So is there any chance whatsoever, even with the Thanksgiving start that a big 10 team could make the playoffs? No, I, I also don't think they'll play in time because you still have two governors you have to convince that are blocking their two schools. So, oh, actually, they'd be one, two, three, three schools. So until that, till those two governors budge, they're not playing anyways. But I mean, college. I mean, if you, even if they started November, say they played their first game November second, mm-hmm. you're gonna get what three game, three four games in before the college committee. It, no. And I don't know if they expect the SEC and all of them to wait. Like, hey, guys, let us catch up. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. 
And I think they're feeling the Big Ten's feeling the pressure from the players and parents, like, oh, we jumped the gun a little bit. But yeah. I can't say what I want to say, but it's it's crazy. I don't know what the hell's going on and who's it. They just need a person in charge to make these decisions, some kind of commissioner. The president needs to come out and make a decision. And But if, if they don't play until November, it's just going to be the same thing as them playing in March. It's just starting early. They won't make the college football playoffs or anything. Yeah, and I, I remember they were talking about trying to come up with some sort of like – it's all, I wouldn't say bubble system, but – They'll be playing in, like, domes because it's late in the season. Hopefully they can get their hands on a dome or two to play. I don't know. It's going to be weird. I, I'm – who knows? All right. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, and so I think I'm going to go first on this one, and then we'll kind of rotate on who goes. Um, so let's start with ACC. And – Members of the ACC that could benefit from running a triple option offense. I, it was difficult for me to pick this one because there were uh, maybe four or five <laughs> that could do that. Um, but the one that I decided to go with was the Duke Blue Devils. Um, and the reasons I said the Duke Blue Devils should go – to a triple option offense. Um, well, number one, if you watched them closely last year, they did kind of run a couple flex bone formations every now and then. Um, and so it's not like it would be, you know, out of nowhere for them to do that. Um, they are a high academic school. So you're probably not going to get the same types of con the uh, same types of recruits that a Clemson or a Virginia tech or any of those other uh, conference rivals are going to get year after year. Yeah, they did have Daniel Jones, but he kind of he was kind of an anomaly. Um, him and um, Jamison Crowder are the only NFL prospects that I can think of from Duke off the top of my head. Are there any any others that you guys remember? Mm, they had a running back. I can't remember what his name was. He's like a seventh rounder one year. He's but that was like six years ago. So, like, nobody other than those guys who really, like, produced anything in the NFL. So, you're not getting NFL talent year after year like an Ohio State, a Clemson, an Alabama. You're not getting that kind of talent. Um, but I'm not saying they're horrible because they're still competing. They're still going to bowl games. You know, they're still winning some games here and there that they shouldn't. Um, and they're not horrible running the spread, but – Honestly, I think they could be better. I think they could win a couple more of those games every now and then, like beating a Virginia Tech or beating a UVA or a Boston College here and there where they shouldn't. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on the ACC? Uh, do you want me to go on the mine or do you want me to go on the Duke? Uh, you can uh, talk about Duke first if you want. I I get why you say Duke. It's high, like I said, that's a lot of the profile of them, high academic. I'd also argue what David Cutcliffe has been able to do there. Like, I remember what Duke looked like before David Cutcliffe got there. They were bad. And David Cutcliffe had – I mean, he's had some pretty dang good seasons. I mean, obviously, he has had an undefeated season. He hasn't been national championship contender. But, I mean, hell, one year they went like 10-2. I mean, I don't – personally, that's not the team I'd pick out of that conference – 
Um, Coach Steve just changed his background to one of my two options. Um, <laughs> see, most of these I had one, but there's like two of these conferences I had two. Like one from a nostalgia standpoint, I'd go with Georgia Tech. One, it's also high academic, it's a technical school, but also like it worked. Paul mm-hmm. Johnson won football games until they pretty much made scheduling almost, I would argue, tilted against him. Um, so that's kind of my first one, just because, I mean, it worked there, nostalgic. We've seen it work there. And then my other one was NC State, because I don't remember NC State ever being good. I mean, they were solid with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. He left. Mm-hmm. Like, there is, I mean, one, you're in a basketball state as it is. Two, you're like the fifth college in that state in terms of recognition. Like, people recognize Eastern Carolina as a football school before you recognize NC State. I mean, NC State's more known for surviving advanced Jim Valvano tenure than anything. Um, and just recently, they just haven't been successful. I mean, my uh, former boss of mine, his brother is currently the tight end coach and special teams coordinator there. Um, Todd Go- uh, Goble, I mean, he's a pretty good coach, but like, still, I mean, it, it's a long way up at that school. And just, I mean, it's a basketball state. I think it personally – I think it fits perfectly for him. Yeah, I could see that. I could see NC State. Um, Coach Steve, you want to go with yours? Nobody should run the triple option offense. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I could see Duke just because I think for a while it was more like a pro style offense, I think for a while. And then, like you said, they started to do some, you know, option stuff. And, you know, uh, I could see Duke running it. I put Georgia Tech for a couple reasons. One, the disrespect to Paul Johnson in the spring game when they lined up in that option look and then go to spread and then shot themselves in the foot, didn't win any games. But like you said, it's already established there. People know what they're going to get when they go there. He was very successful. Um, I don't know if Paul Johnson was necessarily ready to retire, but if he didn't, I think they would be very good right now. And then I, I agreed with NC State only because they're not really relevant. So you need a change. You need some consistency and, you know, I'm a spread guy, but I, I respect the triple option. So, you know, it's like a pistol-type option. Uh, when Russell Wilson was there, he could run the ball. So, they did some things there where he ran the ball and, you know, quarterback reads and stuff. So, I think that, you know, we're all on the same page with the ACC um, with those type of kids and just a jump start, good academics, get the smart kids, um, and just run the spread. That's all I'm saying. Well, what if I, uh, what if I made a compromise? Because it would still be triple option. What if they did a spread option? I'm fine with that. Remember, like, uh, New Mexico a couple years ago? Yeah, that's what Georgia Southern runs now. The New yeah. Mexico is now so, Georgia Southern. To me, that, that, that's the option that I – that's the offense I run on NCAA 14, and I'm shredding people to death um, with that and the play action off of that. So, um, I consider that triple option. So, I would, I would be okay if, you, if you're going with that, too. Um, some other teams that I had thought of for ACC, just kind of like, you know, other guys that I had thought of, I thought of, I thought of Boston college, um, you know, because they're mediocre every single year running the stuff they run. I think they could get a kind of a shot in the arm if they ran something a little bit different. Um, I also kind of thought of, I thought of UVA, but UVA of the past, the last couple of years, UVA has done really well running the system under Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, we'll see if it continues. 
Um, and then I also thought of Pitt um, because they're always kind of an old school offense, you know, pro style anyways. They're not really going spread and throwing it around. Um, you guys ready for the SEC? Yeah. yeah. Real quick, um, I'm going to mention Bennett. Coach Bennett, since he's not here, I'm going to go ahead and list his as well. Coach Bennett's vote for the ACC was Boston College. All right, so the next – we're going to go to the, uh, the SEC. Um, Coach Banstra, I'm going to let you go first, SEC. Vanderbilt. Like, I mean, it, 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 when, anytime anybody has a conversation, everybody talks Vanderbilt, and everybody knows why. I mean, they're, they're the highest academic school in that conference, which makes it a little more harder to recruit. They historically don't have any success. Uh, they have, have had a couple blips here and there, like the, uh, with uh, James Franklin kind of made it somewhat successful. But, I mean – to, 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 and here's I go back to my criteria for a lot of these bigger schools. It's those high academic schools who have a trouble competing, getting certain talent. I think those are typically the prime schools. I think that's I mean, Army, Navy, Air Force are all high academic institutions. Georgia Tech is a high academic institution. Um, but that's like Vanderbilt's what I already think of. And honestly, their thing is the fans really wouldn't care what they ran. If they won, like some of these schools, like care, like you see when some of these schools, when they interviewed Ken Niamaloto or Jeff Munkin or Troy Calhoun, they had a freak out moment. Vanderbilt have a freak out moment if you come out there and win. They just want to be relevant at this point, and they haven't been. All right, and uh, Coach Steve, I see your background there, but can you tell the the uh, listeners who your pick is? So I have two. Um, of course, I'll go, I have uh, Arkansas. And the reason why I have Arkansas is because uh, they just really, again, they're starting to go down. They, they were good, and then now they're starting to go on the downhill. They're not Vanderbilt yet, um, but they need something different. You know, they were pro-style. They've been spread, you know, and I feel like pro-style was a hodgepodge. The spread, you know, uncomfortable, not adapting to the players that were there. So I think if you get a guy that's a triple option or a pistol triple option um, to bring that in, and I think Arkansas is known for running the ball. So you bring a guy that's going to run the ball, pound the ball at people, they, they, they're going to be fine with it. Um, then I agree with, uh, about Vanderbilt. I was going to say the same thing. They don't care. As long as you compete, they're not, they're not going to care. Uh, you know, if they play pretty close to an SEC team or only lose by 14 instead of 40, I think they're going to be okay with it. Um, and, yeah, just run the spread, you know. Yeah, um, and Coach Bennett would agree with you. He said his SEC team was Arkansas as well. Um, I knew Coach Bancher was going to say Vanderbilt because I've said that a couple times. And so I was trying to think of another team. I had thought of Kentucky, but they seem to be doing okay with the system they have right now. Um, that's, I think it's because they've got a couple good players there that really fits what they're doing. Um, but a team that – really has not met their potential, Tennessee. That's my pick. I picked Tennessee for the SEC. Um, Tennessee really has not had a dominant year since Peyton Manning left the team. Uh, and you can, you, can, you can, you know, blame it on, you know, certain people having too much oversight on the program, not letting the coaches do what they want to do, bad coaches coming in. I know last season um, – What's his name? Pruitt. He's the new head coach, correct? Right. Pruitt from Alabama. Um, in his second year, 
they looked like they were not doing well <laughs> at all. Um, and somehow they pulled out an eight and five season out of what they had. And now they have a, at the very moment right now, they have the number three rank in the current recruiting classes coming up somehow. Um, but we know that recruiting classes tend to take a couple years to actually manifest. And who knows, there might be transfers involved. There might be a coach leaving or something of that nature. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. They have not, they have not had any sustained success in the sec. I'm not just talking about sec. They haven't had any sustained success in the sec East and who's really been good in the sec East recently. I mean, of course you've got Georgia, but, you know, Florida hasn't been good for a few years. Nobody else is really that good. And they're one of the worst teams in the SEC East. Um, I think they could potentially have some more winning momentum if they change it up a little bit. So that was my pick. Um, Any other uh, SEC comments before we move on? I mean, like – I, I get the Arkansas one. I mean, they have not been relevant. I mean, closest thing they had to relevance was Bealton was like first two years and then Bobby Petrino. But, I mean, they got unhappy with his offense. I just don't think the offense – I don't think they would accept the offense there. That's my. That's the biggest thing because they didn't they didn't, help, they didn't like Bealton's I-formation offense. More or less, I mean, trying to run the triple there. And then Tennessee people would have it. They just lose their mind. I don't disagree with it. They haven't been relevant since the 90s. Um, those are my only two thoughts on that. I have a question for you guys that pay attention more to this type of stuff. I feel like the coaches that run triple option or anything, they stay there for a while. They stay there and establish themselves. And you see a lot of these spread guys, they do so well at one place, go to another place, and it just shoots down because maybe they weren't quite established. Is that is that fair for me to say that these – Coaches are very loyal, so they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to establish that program just because their offense is so simple and so base. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, the thing for me is an offense like the triple option, for it to work, you have to have the culture in the program be towards, like, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's who we are. Um, and you're more worried about the team than individual stats. And unfortunately, um, a lot of these, a lot of these new recruits coming out, they ain't giving a crap about the team for the most part. They're like, how, what's the, what's my quickest way to the league? What's, how do I get to the NFL? Um, and, you know, they, so they go to all these flashy offenses where they think they have a chance to um, prove something. But I mean, if you look at Navy recently, their last two really good quarterbacks were in the NFL. I mean, uh, Malcolm Perry is a wide receiver right now for the Miami Dolphins. He's still on the roster. Um, he was an amazing athlete. And so the whole NFL thing, I think, really hurts triple option because there's a perception that teams that run old school offenses um, really don't send people to the league. And they can if you show up. If you're a player, they'll find you. Um so well, that's like the, the left tackle for the Steelers, Andrew Villanueva, played at Army. Yep. I mean, that's, that's he, he served his military service first. Yeah. They practice squad initially, then cut him like idiots because they tried to put him at tight end, and the Steelers pick him up, and make him an 
all all league tackle. But back to Coach's point, I think part of the I, I guess part reason why they don't leave is because they're very analytical on what job they take. Ken Niamaloto has interviewed for about 10 to 15 jobs over the past like six years. And in the end, he just hasn't taken any of them. Troy Calhoun has interviewed for several over the past 15 years. I mean, they're very decisive. They want to make sure it's going to work. I don't think they want to move a lot. Like, I mean, I mean, Coach Niamaloto is a Mormon and BYU came after him hard um, that one year after they got rid of Mendenhall. He really considered it too. He almost took that job, and I think he just didn't think that was going to be the right fit for what, I don't know what reasons. But, like, I mean, he's interviewed at Iowa State and a couple other schools as well. And just like, I, I mean, like, and there's another point that we might be missing here is um, a lot of these ADs, when they interview a coach like a Ken Niamatololo or a Troy Calhoun, how many of them are saying, yeah, we want you, but we don't want that system that you're running right now? Like you have to like change to something like a little more modern. How many times are they hearing that too? That might also be one of the reasons why they have to stay at the schools that they're at right now. Cause they're being, they're kind of being accepted. You know what I mean? Like they've already been there. They've established their thing. And unfortunately a lot of schools, I mean, I'll look at a, an ECU. How many years has the ECU has ECU been spread? I mean, they were good for a couple of years back then. But the last, what, seven years, they really have not been competitive. Not even in conference have they been competitive. But they keep hiring. They had – last time they were good, Lincoln Riley was their offensive coordinator. Right. Um, and so – but they keep hiring these spread guys, these air raid guys, and they're not that good. I mean, you know, it's not always about the – it's not always about the system. You know, like I'll admit – there are really bad triple option teams out there. Triple options, probably not for everybody. Right. But um, I thought this was, you know, it's a pretty good thought experiment. So. And I also think uh, this is maybe off topic. You watched Alabama be a pro style, run the ball, run the ball. And all of a sudden Nick Saban was like, that's what we're going to do. And it was right before Lane Kiffin, he started to change and say, okay, let's go to the spread RPO stuff, but they still run the ball. So maybe people see that and go see, you can still win. Yeah. If an Alabama's doing, maybe that's another reason. I'm not sure. Like, hey, Nick Saban can change. Why? Why? Why do we need to change to a triple option or a wing type offense? If you know Alabama went from a run to a spread type offense, right? That and I think a lot of people see they see success. You know, they see the Clemson. Oh crap! They see the Alabamas. Um, but they don't see like all the stuff that goes behind the scenes and they don't necessarily have all the recruits. I don't know if I kind of, did I kind of like, cut you out on you guys? Here? Yeah. You were so overwhelmed by my statement about going spread. That true. Very true. All right. Let's move on to the big 10. Um, coach Banstra, I'll let you have first shot at the big 10. Well, oh, coach, I think coach Steve and me are all the exact hard set say Pat Northwestern. Okay. Like, I, I love Pat Fitzgerald to death. Like, I think Pat Fitzgerald's a great head coach. He's been at – he's at our state clinic every year. Great guy. Great speaker. I think defensively they do a great job overall. Um, but they typically struggle most years offensively. And, they're, again, it goes back to that – I mean, most of the Big Ten schools are fairly high academic. But Northwestern's, like, Vanderbilt-level academic school. Like, the running joke of most Big Ten schools is – for, for Northwestern is 
you may beat us on the field, but we'll be your bosses someday. Is that is that this old big Northwestern joke, which is not wrong. I mean, most Northwestern grads make six figures and make a lot of money, but to me, they fit perfectly. You keep Pat Fitzgerald there. You keep his defense, that defensive staff. You bring in like an, the OC at Navy, Ivan Jasper, somebody like that, and bring in an option staff. And I, I think it'd be great. I mean, you, they're already a good recruiting base with Chicago right there. I mean, they're still going to get the three and four star, kit, like one or two four stars and the three stars they get. I think they'll change or Big Ten school. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you it, you continue to do what you're doing. I think that, I think that be a match made in heaven and give a lot of Big Ten team problems. Coach Steve. Yeah, I gotta agree. I'm I'm trying to look it up. I cannot remember for the life of me. A few years ago, they had a running quarterback. Yeah, they ran a lot. And man, you talk about zone read stuff. He could really fake the ball and go, and they gave some people problems. And I think um, their head coach, you know, he's the defensive guy. He's gonna worry about the defense. You give him an offense that's just going to clock control and everything, you're going to do well. And like like he said, in Northwestern, you're going to go find the kids that are going to go to other schools, some places, or it's a good academic. Um, but, yeah, for the you know, quarterback that can run the ball, they did very well that year, very well. It gave people problems. So they've already established they can do that, and they're trying to do what everybody else is doing. They need to go back to something like that. Uh, so I think Northwestern's a great fit for something like that. With all the Chicago Chicagoland area kids around, you're going to find those kids. And I think uh, Coach Bennett's pick here was uh, Illinois, which uh, Coach Steve definitely disagrees with. Uh, did you want to rebuff his pick there? We do not need to run the triple option. <laughs> Illinois. They got to do something different. I can let you do your pick, and then I can give you the reason why Illinois doesn't do what they should do. Okay. Um, for me, I thought this was another, I thought this was another difficult one because I thought of Northwestern, but like the first, the first team that comes to mind, and this is not my pick. This is not my pick. The first team that comes to mind is Purdue personally, because I watched Purdue struggle running the spread year after year after year. They keep hiring spread guys year after year. Um, and, you know, they had that one year where they beat Ohio State, but then who else did they beat? Really nobody. Um, it was, in my opinion, that was a fluke because Ohio State wasn't paying attention. Um, so either them or – and this team I'm picking because of history and because this team has a history with option football, and it was very successful at this team. I'm going to pick Nebraska. Nebraska is my pick for the Big Ten um, because of the Tom Osborne years. How many national titles did they win? How many of the, quote, best college football teams ever have they had there under Tom Osborne? They were running triple option offense. Um, They kind of ran it. If I remember, it was like the eye bone. Um, They ran a lot of eye formation. But it was was triple option football. Um, And so because that they have that history of success – and the fact that since Frank Solich left as the head coach, they have not been nationally relevant. I mean, the last time they ever played in like a really super important game was when they were playing versus Oklahoma for a uh, Big 12 title and when they had Indomitian Sioux. And they were only good because of Indomitian Sioux and Bo Pelini as the head coach. So 
them, that's who I would pick because of the history. I think if if uh, Coach Frost, he's had history with triple option. And uh, he showed a couple flashes last year. Every once in a while they'd line up in like old flex bone formation or something and they'd run a little bit of option. I think he could do it if he wanted to. I don't think he wants to, though. I think he wants to be spread because of the success he had at UCF. Um, but I think they could do it, and they could be pretty darn good at it and cause some problems. Um, any any other comments about Big Ten? I think Nebraska would be fine, but I think Nebraska's more problems are in the Big Ten and not in the Big 12 anymore. I think that's their bigger problem. Uh, that's my main – Two cents on that. And no, I don't think Illinois should run the triple either. I mean, I'd pick it, I'd pick Indiana before I'd pick Illinois. Um, but no, I think to me it's Northwestern and I get the Nebraska one, but Nebraska's problem is geographically where they're located. Uh, what offense they run. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Bennett just picked Illinois just to oh, yeah. poke, poke Steve a little bit there. <laughs> He's already commented on Twitter when I said he was missing in action and it's Steve. Coach Steve commented on it. He's like, he'll know if we create one of the triple. So, yes. <laughs> so here's my rebuttal. If you go back and watch the 07 Illinois and they beat Ohio State, they ran like a pro style. But they – now I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. Juice had to run the ball, but they did a lot of power read, zone read. So I guess you can incorporate triple option. But even later on when they were good, they had Nathan Schilhouse, a quarterback. I think he's the running backs coach at Iowa State now. They could run their spread stuff, and that's how they were successful. And then no offense to Lovey Smith. He comes in. They try to run their NFL pro style, and it goes downhill. They go back to being spread, and we end up in a bowl game. In Illinois, their problem is facilities. They're trying, they always try to act like they've, they're like Ohio State, and it's not. They don't have the resources, the recruiting. They are upgrading everything. Everything they got going on, they're trying to get it better. Um, Lovey Smith, I think he can get recruit some guys, but his seat's going to get warm here in about a year or two, I think. But they're trying to go the route of let's not fire a coach after year three. Let's keep them around, you know. They gave Zook a long time. So if they're going to give Zook a long time, they've got to give Lovey Smith a long time. I was kind of hoping they'd get Mike Leach, but, you know. Long shot's there. There you go. If Lovey wasn't there, I would have said fire the coach and get Mike Leach. But, you know. I no, like Lovey. He's a good guy. and I don't think Mike Leach would have left Washington State for Illinois. No offense. Um, but they I got Portillo. Portillo's went down there now. He could go. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, I'm going to let Coach Banstra uh, in a moment because you and Bennett have the same pick, so I'll, I'll wait to let you reveal that one. Uh, Big 12 – no, there's no uh, surprise here among us when, with my pick here for the Big 12 because I have constantly said it. It's got to be Kansas. Got to be Kansas. They've got to do uh, – yes, I am a very big fan of their current offensive coordinator, Brent Deerman. We all are. Um, and they were doing pretty well on, on the offensive side of the ball towards the end of the year when they promoted him and fired their old uh, OC. But – I, he's going to get a head coaching job or a bigger job here soon. He's not going to stay at Kansas, and they're going to suck again, even with um, less miles there. Kansas has just not been good. 
nationally since uh, Bansford, you mentioned it. Who was the last coach, coach to have a good season under Kansas? Mark Mangino. They went 12-1, made BCS bowl game. Yep. So that was one fluke year, one weird year. Um, they have not had success. They are not doing well in recruiting. So you got to do something different. And triple option or some other offense like that where you don't have to have great recruits to be good, I think that could do it for them. Um, Coach Steve, I'll let you go next. I said Iowa State only because if you think about recruiting up north, you're going to get those big guys that can run the ball. You're going to find the the running side quarterback and everything. And Iowa State, you know, there's times where they show flashes where they're really, really good, and then times where they're just – it's just awful. Um, So they need some type of – change some type of identity again sometimes I think correct me if I'm wrong uh, they don't do like a hodgepodge like sometimes they're we're gonna throw the ball at the time sometimes we're gonna run the ball um you know they're competing with Iowa for recruits um you know so I think they need some type of jump start and then it's gonna be a shock to the big 12 you know the big 12's recruiting to stop the spread teams and the passing the ball they get a triple option and now now it's gonna be a fight for their lives, like when they play Kansas State, like we talked about with Oklahoma, we talked about the Big 12. So if you do that, you're going to put those defenses in a bind. You know, at one game a year, that's going to be a thorn in the behind of we got to stop this triple option team. Chris Banstra. Uh, like, I agree 100%. Um, real quick, I get why you say Kansas. I mean, Kansas hasn't been good since Martin Gino. He had a couple good years there. Um, but I think Kansas needs to go more the – Kansas State route, more Juco's, a more, I mean, experienced head coach from like maybe a lower level. I mean, they had Bill Snyder forever, and then they went with the, uh, what was it, North Dakota State staff, Wyoming staff, I can't remember which one. Um, and they've had success. Like, that. that's the path I think Kansas needs to do, Juco's and experienced staff. I've said I've said for years, I wish it done, and they almost hired Kenny Maloto that one year, and Ken pulled out. They hired Matt Campbell, who I think was a fantastic hire. Matt Campbell is a great football coach. I don't think he's going to be there long, but at least much longer. So, I mean, to me, that's perfect. I mean, especially geographically, they're, they're, they're that odd geographic place team that's kind of by themselves. I mean, I know Kansas can't stay right there, but at least they have somebody in the state with them. I mean, and it make it easier. To me, it's, it helped the recruiting. I mean, because you can start getting some of those big boys from North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana – that North Dakota State recruits every year and just, oh, I'm going to put these big six-foot-seven, 280-pound linemen down block on beer and have fun. I mean, that's – that's I mean, our rival we just beat the other night, the beer team. The year before, they had two Division One offensive linemen running beer with. That, that Trust me, that sucks. Yeah. All right. Um, next is going to be Pac-12. And Coach Banstra – I'll let you go first. I, I almost went a couple different ways with this. Now, obviously, I, I represent the team I picked shirt-wise here today, um, the Oregon State Beavers. But I almost picked UCLA because I'm tired of watching them suck. Like, they – I mean, I, I love Chip Kelly I, offensively. I mean, back in Oregon, great things. Um, but and the reason I ended up choosing Oregon State over UCLA is just I don't remember every time Oregon State was good. I remember uh, what's his face um, that took the Wisconsin job for a year, like two, three years. They were competitive, but I mean, no, I don't. I most college football fans forget Oregon State exists. 
like that that's usually a team you forget about when you name all the Pac-12 schools. Like I think it would help against the relevance. I think it would make them more competitive. I mean, it can't hurt the recruiting. I mean, and the spread and the pro style stuff hasn't worked, at least consistently. So that that's kind of where I would go with it. And then like some my backup choice would be UCLA. All right. Coach Steve. Yeah, I went with Oregon State too. And it's I'm piggybacking, but like whoever talks about Oregon State besides when they go play Oregon or when Washington State with Michael Leach, because Michael Leach put them on the map. You never heard of Oregon State until they went and played. You know, and, and, and my thought process is what, what what could it hurt? What could it hurt to come in and switch it up and run that type of offense? Kind of like a Vanderbilt. Are they really going to care or are they going to be happy just to be relevant, you know, and maybe it turns it around. Um, but maybe that's why a coach like that hasn't come in because maybe they don't get the recruits. Maybe they want to mess with it. Uh, once in a while, they are competitive for a quarter or two, and then they kind of go downhill. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what could it hurt to, to change it? They're not very good. You don't hear about them. So uh, just run the spread, like I'm saying. <laughs> spread option. That, that's a, that's an, a relevant option, you know. You could do spread option. I mean, I, I, I personally – I consider zone read, and I, like – almost like triple option. You know, it's not all that different. It's still an option play. You can make it a triple option by having that little bubble on the oh, outside. Let's not get crazy on me now. All right, all right. my bad. All right. <laughs> um, I'll list Coach Bennett's real here, real quick, and I'll um, – I don't know about his pick. He picked Cal, uh, Cal Berkeley. And um, – the only thing about Cal is, like, I can kind of see why he would say that because, again, when have they re- really been nationally relevant? Um, and, but the reason I don't think they would ever do it is because their fans still remember Jared Goff. They still remember when they had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. They still remember their glory days of when they had good quarterbacks and a decent offense. So, for them to come in and try to hire somebody with triple option, I think they'd be one of those – kind of like Arizona was, which I've compl- – I'm going to be honest. I did not think about Arizona. Arizona could have been one of my choices, but they weren't. <laughs> um, they, I think the fans would revolt if somebody tried to come into Cal. Like, if they interviewed Troy Calhoun and they, the fans would revolt, they'd say, heck no. Uh, my pick for the Pac-12, again, it has to come down to history because they had success running an option offense. It would be Colorado. When's the last time Colorado has been nationally, nationally relevant? It was under Bill McCartney when they ran, I believe it was a split back veer. That was the last time they had national success ever since they've been mediocre. Um, I think Colorado considers it a success if they – go six and six and maybe make a bowl game. Unfortunately, even in the Pac-12, they left the big, the big 12 to the Pac-12. I don't know if that's an improvement or a lateral move for them. They still suck. Um, so they got to do something different. Um, any rebuttals about um, any of those? I mean, I, I, I don't think the Cowboys would work. I mean, they've been too pro style or spread for too long. Even, I, yeah, and I, I go back to my similar argument with Nebraska for Colorado. I don't, I don't think it's offense problem. I think it's conference 
alignment and other issues? Yeah, California won't. Cali won't do it because they try to recruit California kids and what kids there probably run, something like that. They're going to try to get their athletic guys and then they want to go compete with USC and and all of them. So I, I, I don't see them even thinking about hiring somebody like that. They're going to go hire a spread guy. Uh, just run the spread, you know. <laughs> all right, I'll stop. I'll stop, guys, out there listening. I'll stop. All right, here we go. We, we know where your loyalties lie. Uh, <laughs> all right, AC, the not ACC, but the AAC, the less talented of the two. Um, <laughs> well, you can make an argument either way, really, um, except for Clemson. The AAC, um, my pick is a team that – the reason I picked this team is because – their mantra has been toughness. And in the past, they haven't been optioned, but they have tried to be like a, a power run game, eye formation. They did okay doing that for, for a little while. Um, my team is Temple. Uh, I think Temple, they get the type of recruits that you can do it. They're not competing for recruits that are going to be like the flashy wide receivers and stuff like that up in Philadelphia. Um, I think Temple could be a good triple option team. Uh, Coach Bennett, <laughs> I thought of this one because I wanted to be a troll. Um, and we kind of mentioned this a little earlier. Coach Bennett picked East Carolina. And <laughs> I would agree with him. But I don't think it would work because, again, it's another school I think they would revolt because they've been spread for so long. And they have had success in the past especially when Lincoln Riley was there. I don't think it would work. I mean, maybe it would if they actually hired somebody, but it would take a couple years because they'd, they'd have to start recruiting for the triple. They don't have a fullback on their roster. Um, they don't have the running quarterbacks that they need. Um, they don't have those types of running backs. So eight, the East Carolina, maybe not so much. Uh, Coach Steve, AAC? Um, I said Temple – and like I said, you guys need to correct me if I'm wrong on some of this. I feel like they would run a pro-style type offense usually. They're going to run the ball at you. So what's the harm of uh, moving that fullback to a wing or moving somebody to a wing or anything like that, running triple option? You know, and again, what, what could it hurt? You know, once in a while they win pretty big, uh, win some decent games. But what's it going to hurt? Uh, you know, it turns it around and get some of those type of recruits up there. Um you know, they, they've had that history of being a pound the ball, so I don't think it would hurt them too much or change too much about what they do. Um, I'm assuming I'm next. Um, I struggle with this conference because I didn't uh, – nobody was like, eh. I wasn't like I, – I, I've seen when a lot of these teams have had success when they haven't. I mean, my gut went to Tulsa I mean, just because they've struggled recently. It's in Oklahoma. Like, they're like the – 18th most focused on team in their own state. Like people pay attention to Texas schools more in Arkansas more than they pay attention to Tulsa. And that's not if it's Tulsa, that's just where they are relevance wise. And like, I remember like 10 years ago when they were solid, I mean, they, they were, I think, I think one year they were like 10 too. I could be wrong on that, but um, that's kind of where my mind went, but I really, there wasn't really anybody that was like an obvious, like some of these other conferences. 
I think it'd be fun for them to do a pistol wing TRPO type thing. I'm sure paying that up since they used to run a fast, kind of a fast tempo, especially when Gus was there. That's actually a good thing. I think if they did a pistol wing RPO type stuff, uh, you know, I think that could turn it around. That's a good pick. I'm changing my goal with that. Okay. That's why we have discussions, right? <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to Conference USA. Um, and so Coach Bennett's pick, I honestly didn't think about it because I did not remember they were <laughs> Division One A. Uh, UNC Charlotte for Conference USA was his team. And I could kind of see that because they only recently made the jump to one uh, FBS, if I remember correctly. And I have no idea how their season went because I did not pay attention to them at all. Were they any good at all? I don't. I don't know. Did anybody else know? No, but give me thirty seconds, twenty seconds, and I'll tell you. So I can, I can kind of understand that because they've got you know probably lesser recruit. I hate saying the word lesser, but you know lesser recruits and in, in rankings and. Um, they're probably not going to compete well, even in conference the first few years. So I could understand that pick. Um, my pick was Old Dominion, ODU. Um, they just have – I mean, they've had like a year or two where they went to a bowl game, but barely. Yeah, they beat Virginia Tech a couple years ago, but that was because Virginia Tech was god-awful that year. Um, I think ODU and they're a team I'm kind of biased because I used them in a dynasty one time on NCAA 14. (laughs) This is where this conversation's going. And I ran the spread triple option and we went to like the orange bowl the first season. So, um, I don't know, like for me, a team like that to be relevant, they'd have to run some kind of contrarian offense. Uh, Coach Banstrid, who was your pick? Um, going back to your earlier comment, Charlotte was uh, seven and six last year. So they not were, too bad. They're, they're competitive. If you asked me this question ten years ago, I would have said UAB in a heartbeat. But they're relevant now. Um, I, I narrowed it down to two. Um, the obvious one I think is Rice, because they. I mean, David Bailiff had a couple competitive years there. That they had like a ten-two season that one season, and he had a good tenure there. Mm-hmm. But they fit that profile: high academic, don't necessarily get the super athletes. Um, I mean, they're in a talent-rich city like Northwestern. I mean, it's Houston. I mean, yeah. there's athletes galore. And then my other one, which I'm probably even more pro to, is UTEP. Um, I, I don't ever remember them being good in my lifetime. They're always in that ESPN bottom 10 poll that's at, out every week. Yeah. I mean, I like their current head coach who used to be the Kansas State office coordinator. I think he's a good dude. Um, but it's, it, it's just hard to recruit to El Paso in general. The weather's not really fun. I mean, they just want to be relevant. And I think if, if you gave them that relevancy, you can run whatever offense you want. Another thing I thought of is like, not only are you playing a triple option offense, think about tri- playing a triple offense in 110 degree weather. Like, and how miserable that would be. Like, that's how that that is the recipe for success right there. Yeah. I thought of Rice as well. Um, they just haven't been relevant like ever. <laughs> uh, but now they're running kind of the I think they're running the uh, the Stanford 
offense, like the heavy tight end, eye formation, run game kind of stuff. So yeah, he used to be the he used to be Stanford's OC, Mike Bloom Grin. Yeah, so they're kind of contrarian. You know, they're not necessarily running a spread just to be a spread team. But um, yeah, I kind of agree with that, uh, Coach Steve. I said the same thing, Rice and Utah. I think we're all on the same page. Um, Rice just to turn around, but I think they're going to run Stanford stuff. But, you know, they could easily switch over to that and still do the same thing. UTEP, just to get them relevant. Um, a friend of mine was a GA there when he went there with an offensive line coach, and he goes, oh, my God, this is a different place, different world. It is hard to recruit there. So, again, is it, you know, do they want to be a sub-tempo spread team or just, you know what, let's run it. Who cares? Are they really going to – are those fans and AD really going to revolt if they run up? some type of different offense or just screw it. Let's try it. Let's, let's run it a couple of times, see if it works. Maybe you can get different kids down there for that. Those kids that don't get recruited big time go there. You know, it doesn't hurt. All right. Any other comments about uh, conference USA? Okay. Uh, let's go on to the Mac. Um, Coach Bennett's again, this one kind of surprised me a little bit because I particularly still remember a few years ago when they were really good up until they got their butts handed to them by Florida State in their bowl game. I think in the Orange Bowl, it was Northern Illinois. Um, they, they were spread, but they were running the quarterback a lot. Um, and I love running the quarterback, and especially in a spread offense. So I've – to me, I, I don't know. I'm not sure it would work. That uh, It probably would. You know, I'm going to be honest. Any Mac school except for maybe Toledo, <laughs> I think you could run a triple option offense. And, it, A, it would work. And, B, the fans might actually accept it. Um, maybe not Miami of Ohio. I'm not sure. Ohio tried it with Jim Grobe initially, and it didn't work. It didn't work. No, they, they ended up going spread, and then he left, and – Prince Solich kind of ran a similar version, like a more of a gun version of it. Didn't work. So, and um, both of you guys have the, the pick that I thought of the first, but I went a different direction. I did pick this this team at first, but I decided to go a different direction because I knew somebody else would want this one. Uh, Coach Steve, you want to go first? Pick Akron because it's Ohio. <laughs> no, I. Again, you know, in Ohio, with Ohio State there, trying to recruit, that's got to be the worst type of scenario. Uh, you know, living in Illinois, you know, University of Illinois, they can spread out the recruits. You know, it's not like they're losing to Northwestern or, or whatever. Uh, but being in Ohio, it's got to be tough recruiting with Ohio State. Um, you know, again, they could get some athletes and run like a pistol wing or option RPO stuff. I think they could be pretty good. You know, they can get those Ohio kids or states around them and give them a nice little jump start, uh, you know, kind of like going back to UTEP type of thing. Not quite, it's kind of the same thing, you know, get them relevant and people know more than I do. Is it really going to affect Akron that much if they switch to that offense? You know, I don't know. I don't think it would. You know, let's just run some type of offense to get us some points and we'll be happy. Coach Banstra? Um, I said Akron as well, and I, I kind of got a little more insight. Like, they had a Tuesday night mashing game last year, and they had less than 100 people there. On ESPN. Like, so the fans aren't going to care. Two, I went to the, 
that when they went to my play Miami, I, I was at that game when they were at play Miami University last year. They need to do something because Miami just throttled them. Like, and they they were somewhat competitive a couple years ago with Bowden as their head coach. And but Akron's always been that school in our in our state that's just struggled. Even with like, and they they have some of the better facilities in the MAC. They've invested in facilities and they still struggle. And they still struggle to recruit. Like Kent State out recruits them. Like. If you asked me 10 years ago, I would have said, like, Eastern Michigan. But, like, Akron has consistently been one of the bottom schools, and I don't know why. Like I said, they got facilities. I think they hire good people. For some reason, it just doesn't work. Yeah. That was one of, that was my pick at first. Uh, Akron is one of those teams. <laughs> Again, I'm going to make an NCAA 14 reference. It's one of those teams that I will sometimes pick in my dynasty league to – you know, go from worst to first, you know, like they're one of the worst teams ever, really. And so um, I thought of Akron at first. I do have some, my wife has some family in Akron. Um, so I, I kind of have a little, had a little more insight into them, but I went a different direction. I went to uh, their rival, Kent State. I said Kent State because besides last year, I mean, last year, for Kent State purposes, they had an excellent season last year. They went seven and six, and they won their first bowl game ever, where they beat—I uh, can't remember who they beat—but they won the first the Frisco Bowl. Who was it? That they, they did anybody remember that one? That was a good game too. I remember actually sitting there watching the whole thing. Yeah, were, I really like their current head coach. Like he, yeah. their, their special teams coordinator is great. They're, a lot of them were like former Syracuse staff members. Yep. Uh, who was it? Give me a second. Uh, so I know their coach's name is Sean Lewis. Um, young guy. Is is he the youngest head coach in FBS right now? I don't think – they beat Utah State. Um, I don't okay. think so, but he's pretty close. And his staff's very young. Um, they all have – like, they're very high-energy guys. Like, and that's part of the reason why I didn't pick him because I think that – and I will say this. When they hired Sean Lewis, they were the last school to hire a head coach that year, yeah. and they could find somebody to take that job mm-hmm. uh, to that point. Like, it came down to Ed Warner and Sean Lewis. Like, they'd interviewed, like, 1,500 people, and they all end up – I think from my understanding, a couple people rejected that job. Like, seriously. Like, and a lot of people turned down interviews. Like, I remember when that was going around. But, like, I, I will give Sean Lewis and his staff credit. They've done a fantastic job there. I got to be around Sean at Eastern when I was helping with Dino Baber's staff because he was a tight ends coach there. And my neighbor here – um, his brother went to high school with him up here in Illinois before he went to Wisconsin. So they got some ties, and uh, he just decided to take it. Like, I'm going to be a head coach. And, man, he's trying to rob in that Baylor offense and Syracuse offense over. So I could see them incorporate some option. But, man, he'll have it turned around pretty soon. He He's high energy, very energetic, good recruiter. Um, so I think he'll get that turned around. Yeah, I, I kind of have high hopes for them. Um, they've done pretty well. Um, we'll see how they go. I mean, it could go either direction. It could They could go and they could win like 10 games next year or they could win none. I mean, unfortunately, um, that, that stuff kind of happens. If you look at their – I'm looking at their records from the past like 20 years. Uh, there was one season, 2012, they went, went 11 and 3. Other than that, they're, they don't have a year that they won more than six games. And most of them are like three three wins, two wins, four wins. 
it's just not, a, it's not a program that has, has historically had success. So that was one of the, the biggest reasons I went with it. Other than the fact that I just didn't want to pick Akron like everybody else. So. Yeah. <laughs> he almost beat Illinois a couple of years ago. Illinois opened with Kent state and Illinois beat him first half. And then all of a sudden our quarterback started to run the ball and maybe scared a little bit. They came back and almost beat Illinois. I mean, they were, in all seriousness, they recruit decently in our state. I know Sean Lewis has made a big push the New Jersey area and Florida. Like, I mean, obviously, I mean, those are two, two of the bigger recruiting grounds for the Mac. But, I mean, it's been – like I said, they've done a fantastic job. And, unfortunately for Kent State, if he shows any more success, he probably won't be there for very long. Yeah. So – it, that's just how it happens in the Mac. If you if you're a successful coach in the Mac, unless your name is Frank Solich, you're not going to be there for very long. Um, yeah, because Frank's, Frank's the exception though. Because Frank Frank will lev- never left Nebraska had they not fired him, like ever. Like he 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 is a loyal. He doesn't want to move. It also helps Athens is Athens is one of the most beautiful campuses on the entire planet. But that's a whole other conversation. All right, so we will move on to the uh, Mountain West Conference, and um, I think a lot of you guys uh, – I know, Banstra, you were in agreement with Bennett, um, so I will, I'll let you go after me here um, because you'll have the same one. Uh, Mountain West, I picked the New Mexico Lobos um, because – it was a few years ago, they were running a spread triple option and they were actually competing above their level. Um, They might not have won a whole bunch of games or went to bowl games, but they were competing above what they should be doing based on their recruiting. And then last year they went to regular spread. Well, I say quote regular spread, but they went to throwing the ball more and they just were not very good at it. Um, so that's a team that I think that really could use some kind of triple option influence. I think they should just go back to the spread option because they were like the only team in FBS doing it. And so that's kind of hard to prepare for you know, on a week to week basis. If that's the only team who does it, um, coach Banstra, who was your pick? Uh, my pick was UNLV. Cause again, like they've tried every method to make that work. Like seriously, like they've hired, Bobby Hawk, when he was winning at Montana, they hired uh, that private school head coach in um, Las Vegas. I can't remember his name now, but won national, like high school national titles. Was great. He was head coach at Bishop Gorman, I think. Yeah, he was a big coach at Bishop Gorman. That didn't work. I know they just hired Marcus Royal, the OC off of uh, Oregon. I, ho- I hope I hope that works. But Las Vegas is hard to recruit to. I mean. You're trying to – I mean, you're trying to convince parents to let their kids go to Vegas. That's, that's, that's difficult. I mean, I mean, it's hard to recruit California because everybody recruits there. Like, it's not ideal. I mean, in the end, it, people in that city, if you're winning, that's all they're going to care about. You don't – I mean, there's not – you have a lot of revolving visitors is how it's termed that come into the city. It's not – you don't have a lot of residents. Um, I just think it would fit them. And also with the mascot being a rebel, it's kind of something different, kind of odd. Um, that's why I picked them. I, I mean, I agree with your pick at New Mexico. I mean, they're, they're also not Georgia Southern. Um, I know that – I think Bob Davey kind of made that change because I think he kind of tried to get over the hump and it just didn't work. Um, but 
I mean, they were successful and competitive with that offense. I think some sort of spread option or center option for UNLV, though, would probably be more of a direct path. Uh, Coach Steve? I wanted to be the oddball on this one and just pick one because why not pick Wyoming? Who wants to go to Wyoming? I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm not very familiar with some of the, the, these teams, but I just picked Wyoming because, again, who wants to go there? Is it really going to hurt them to run a spread option type thing? Uh, the last time I watched them was when they played Washington State last year, the year before. I mean, they were competitive, but, you know, at the end of the day, the bigger school is going to win. But I think who's going to care if they switch to a spread option? You know, I don't think those type of fans are going to care. Up there, you know, you can get those type of kids, you know, the kids that are going big time, you can get those hardworking kids to come in and run the ball like that. So I just want to pick something different than everybody else. Okay. Um, and I can kind of see where you're going with that. The biggest hurdle I think you'd find for Wyoming is the current head coach. Um, he was the head coach at North Dakota State for quite a while. And they had mounds of success, days of success running that offense that they're running now. And so I don't really see him saying, well, we're, what we're doing is not working, so screw it. Um, now, if they got a new head coach in, maybe. Like, if he went to a different job, maybe. Uh, I also think they kind of, again, recency bias. They remember um, – oh, why am I – Josh, he's at the, uh, the Bills, quarterback of the Bills right now. Uh, Allen. Josh Allen. They remember having Josh Allen. So, again, recency bias. They still think they could do it. Um, I understand why you said Wyoming, though. Again, like who really <laughs> – would it really affect anybody? Probably not. <laughs> hey, if they start winning with North Dakota's offense, is he really going to stay there? He'll, he'll right. move on. If they start winning, he'll, he'll go somewhere else. Probably. Um, all right, last one, Sun Belt. Uh, Coach Steve, who was your choice for Sun Belt? I said Georgia Southern only because that's what they used to run because Jeff Munkin was there. Um, I know where, where I used to coach at, uh, the, his name is Bill Munkin. Um, Jeff is his nephew, I think. So I know the Munkins and what they do. He had success running it there. I think he could still come back and run a pistol uh, option. They actually told me to run that as an offensive coordinator. Hey, this is Munkin Town. Like, go run what he's running. Look what they're doing. And I had to ignore it. Uh, but they've ran it before. They had success. You know, I, I think it wouldn't be much of a change. They were used, they were used to it for a couple of years. Um, so I just went with the people that used to run it, kind of like Georgia Tech. You know, they wouldn't be too, uh, wouldn't be too new. Weren't they running kind of a, a spread option recently? They do currently. They run split triple right now. I mean, they're, they're starting to add RPO stuff. I talked to the receiver coach a lot this offseason. Uh, they have a nasty sp uh, counter option out of the gun. It's beautiful. Like, it's abusive. Um, yeah, that, I mean, they've run a version of it. It's not true under center. Um, and I know they're starting to add some other stuff. But, yeah, they're, they're still they, – they went away for it for about two years, and then that coach got fired, and they hired somebody who brought it back. That old New Mexico OC is now the OC at Georgia Southern. Man, Georgia Southern, they – they have connections to what it was Paul John. It's everybody, Paul Johnson, Kenny Montalolo, um, Jeff Monken, all of them. Um, so they're kind of like the, the nexus of that triple option there. Uh, Coach Banstra. 
I, I just wrote down South Alabama because I said, why not? I mean, that's – I mean, it's, it's a fairly new program. I, the program's less than 10 years old. They assessed, like, the first two or three years, and they kind of just, like, paddled in, like, mediocrity since. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, like, the sixth school in Alabama. I mean, UAB's relevant now. There's Auburn. There's Alabama. Troy. Like, why not them? Well, I mean, make, at least try to make yourself competitive because you're not going to get the top recruits out of Alabama or Georgia – between all the SEC teams, Con USA teams, and all the other big Power Five conferences that come down to recruit, you're not going to get the premier guys. So why not go triple, try to get some athletes here or there, and just plug and play? Yeah, and mine uh, is kind of on the same lines there. I picked Texas State. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, there's that, you know, Texas is a spread state. Yeah, you're probably right. But guess where all those spread recruits are going? Not Texas State, apparently. <laughs> um, they're not very good. And I don't see, I don't see how they're going to be very good continuing to do what they do. Um, again, it's one of those things that I think they just need to change. I think this, like a, a pistol or a spread option would probably be, be more accepted because it's just because it's shotgun and it looks more modern. Um, but if they're a team that comes out and does something different than everybody else, I'm one of those people, like I personally, I'm a contrarian coach. If it was the opposite way right now, if we were back in like the eighties and everyone was running option, I'd be the one who needs to start running spread right now. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's basically how I am. Cause it, to me, it's like, if you're running something different than everybody else, they have to prepare for you differently, which is going to have an effect. Um, so Texas State, they need something new. All right. Any other like honorable mentions or anything like that? Uh, new Mexico State. They're an independent and like, oh God, they're just they struggle. I mean them and then UMass, I think's independent now. I mean, UMass struggle. I mean, a lot of those independent teams, like like if BYU could have got kid, I and I understand why Ken didn't do it to an extent, but that would, I mean, that would be great too. I mean, mm-hmm. those are kind of the other three honorable mentions, like those independents. I mean, you're independent. What do you got to lose? I think the BYU one would be interesting because in my, in my mind, I think that the recruits at BYU get are probably a little bit better than the recruits at Navy. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they probably have higher recruiting rankings. So if you can get those type of athletes that are used to compete for uh, Mountain West championships and stuff every year, if you're getting those types of kids and you're running a, I, I think Ken, Ken, Coach Ken runs a very clean triple option. It's very close to what Paul Johnson used to do. They do a couple different things and he's not afraid to get into the gun. If he has a quarterback that can run like, Last year, Malcolm Perry, he'll get in the gun, run some uh, zone reads and stuff like that. A little bit of a single wing uh, kind of stuff going on there. So um, I think BYU could be pretty darn good in a couple years if they ran triple option. Yeah, I know. I know there's still the memories of like in the 80s, like Ty Detmer and, you know, running the air raid and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of get that, get that out of your mind, you know, kind of forget that but um you know they, they had the perfect quarterback like 
four years ago to run it, Taysom Hill. They had the perfect quarterback for it, Mr. Utility Knife of the NFL. I mean, it, I, I like, especially like the other thing that would give them advantage, a lot of their kids take about a year or two off to go on their Mormon trips. They're a little more physically mature, a little more developed. I, I, I think it would just vastly help them on what they do. Any other comments, Coach Steve? Uh, I agree with the BYU stuff again because I don't know if they run the true triple option if they ever went to it, but you were, you were going to see a lot of play action off of it to get that passing game going. So if you incorporate both of those things, I think the fans and the people that watched them before would be okay with it mm-hmm. just because you're keeping guys on their toes. You're still having your BYU passing game. Stuff to confuse the defense. So I think it, it can work there, and nobody's gonna be mad about it. Okay. So, I think originally I did come into this thinking, oh, we, we're going to talk mainly just you know, under center, old school triple option. But to me, I still think of the the spread option. It's it is still triple option. They're still using the same principles. Um, it's just you know you're not under center. Maybe like a midline play might not hit as fast in the gun as it does under center, but you can still use the same, the same stuff. Um, and in fact, coach Stewart is adapting a lot of his pistol wing T stuff where he does run some triple option plays out of that. He's adapting a lot of that and um, adding a lot of air raid influences, a lot of RPOs off of like a wing T game run game and, um, and then a lot of more passing, like running mesh out of the flex bone and all that kind of stuff out of the um, pistol, which to me, it's interesting because if you look at how people defend a triple option team, when they go regular option, they have might have one high safety. But if you just step that quarterback back a couple steps into a pistol or gun look, you're going to get a lot more two high safeties and maybe some lighter boxes, spread them out a little bit it might make those those running lanes for the triple option a little bit more wide open, a little bit more dangerous. Um, so those are my final thoughts. Uh, Coach Banster, do you have any more final thoughts before we sign off? No, I mean, not really. I mean, I, I, I think at some point somebody's going to hire Jeff Munkin or Kenny Amaloto. I don't think – I don't see Troy Calhoun leaving Air Force. I think that time has kind of passed. But I mean, Ken takes an interview every year, and I know Je- I know Je- Jeff Munkin's name comes out a lot. I know he was brought up on like one of the SEC teams this year. I can't remember who it was. I think one of the Mississippi or Mississippi State before they settled on their big candidates. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, to me, I mean, either one of those would be great hires for some of these schools that we listed today, or maybe somebody we're not thinking of. Yeah, I mean, you know, Paul Johnson's still out there. He's still a free agent. Um, and then, you know, you've got other – you've got some, like, F, FBS schools – or FCS schools, you know, Georgia Southern. They more, they're more spread option. But um, uh, who else am I thinking of? Uh, Kennesaw State. Like, if you really like option football, you got to watch a Kennesaw State game every once in a while. And they're really darn good at it. So, maybe a coach will come out of there. Um, and uh, – Coach Steve has his air raid picture showing up here with uh, Mike Leach. And um, real quick, like to me, 
air raid is not like air raid philosophy and like wing T slash triple option philosophy. Yeah. They're in the gun and yeah, they're passing the ball instead of running the ball, but are they really all that much different, you know, running a couple of plays, but getting really good at it and adapting to what your players are good at. Right. Um, Maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have a discussion where we compare stuff like air raid versus triple option. We'll have another episode where we get more in depth with that. But uh, coach Steve, do you have any more final thoughts before we sign off? I, I joke around. I was, you know, kidding around here, but I just love offense. So triple option, it's a good offense. I love watching it. I'll watch Army. I'll watch Navy. They're good offenses. Um, I'm just a spread guy, so I give people crap for that. Um, I'd rather run spread. Even if we bring a tight end, H-back, you know, to me, that's still a spread, but you can do everything else out of it. Um, I always wondered why a Jeff Munkin or somebody doesn't have a job and you guys need to correct me. Are they scared because of the recruiting? Maybe, maybe they look at not just their offense. Is it they're not getting these big time recruits? But then as a good AD, you need to be like, oh, is it because of the offense they run? Is that why they don't hire them? I know they interview, but maybe maybe they don't hire them that way. I don't know. But I think at the end of the day, they're good coaches. So at the end of the day, you need a good coach, a good guy to build the culture to, from the ground up. Give them a few years, give these guys a chance. Um, even if it's out of Vanderbilt and one of those power schools or somebody, you know, where it's not going to be who cares if they run it there or anything. So one sometime one of these guys that's a good coach and it's proven is going to get their chance. And they're going to run your triple option under center, but they might surprise you and go in that spread wing T RPO stuff that we're starting to see a lot of. So one of these times somebody's going to get there and uh, you know, but nobody's better than the pirate. Nobody's better. All right. All right. So this was another episode of the Armchair Coaching Podcast where we talked about which teams should be running the triple option in college football. Um, hope to hear you guys soon. We're going to do a lot more of these uh, program profiles. Maybe we'll do a couple more of these special episodes where we have a different discussion. Um, and this is Coach Sheffer signing off. Hope to see you guys next time.